Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Off the Shelf. We have a very special guest this week. We have Megan, also known as Bear's Best Friend. She's the owner of Denny's Bookshop, who I'm sure you will have seen me visit many times if you follow me on Instagram. She's 27 years old and a lifelong lover of books who has dedicated her life to the pursuit of reading. After graduating with a degree in publishing media from Oxford Brookes University, Megan opened independent bookshop Denny's Books in 2021 in Thames Ditton. So welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having me, Phoebe. You're very welcome. So opening a bookshop in COVID time. On the scale of bad ideas, where does that rank? Yeah, very bad. Uh, sort of a little bit crazy. Uh, brave, but crazy, I think. Um, honestly, I don't know what I was thinking, but you know what? It's going really well, so I'm not complaining too much. Excellent. Well, as they say, no time like the present. Indeed. And indeed. obviously your favourite customer is Bear, so there is that. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> so as I'm sure people have seen from my Instagram, Denny's Books is very small. Um, so how do you be selective about what you have in the shop? It's so difficult. I cannot even begin to talk about the process of choosing books for the shop. I mean, mostly it's books that I think that everyone should read, just good books. I think that's quite important because at the moment I think we're seeing I don't want to be a book snob here, but there is definitely a rise in books that aren't exactly very, you know, high literature, let's say, you know. We've not got... Megan's cup of tea. No, not exactly. Um, but I, yeah, I choose books based on, you know, really well-written books, great storylines, books that people should read to sort of further their own reading experience. I mean, I do have some books in there that obviously would appeal to the masses, but I, tr- yeah, I try not to think about those ones too much. <laughs> and as I'm sure everyone is aware, and as I've done to you multiple times, you can obviously call up a bookshop and they will order any book you like in for you. Yes, I can order in anything. I will order. I mean, I've had a few interesting orders recently. Uh, a customer asked me to o- order in a copy of the Karma Sutra, which was a bit, <laughs> a bit different. Um, I think it's a Christmas present. I, yeah I mean I don't know if doing research or what <laughs> I mean each to their own each to their own and as long mm. as they're using you and not Amazon that's fine this is it I mean I'm so lucky people want to actively avoid buying from Amazon which I'm, I'm very very thankful for that um so yeah I can do orders which you know it seems to yeah it's, it's going well excellent so it's called Denny's Books your name Denny's is books. first name and last name are not Denny's no, it's a family name. We used to have a bookshop many, many years ago in London. So I've kind of just carried on that, so continuing the family legacy, as it were. Yeah, so it should really be Denny's and Daughter's Bookshop. Yeah, it used to be Denny and Son. Um, oh, Denny's and Daughter's yeah, with, yeah, it's yeah, it's a female-owned business. That's what we like. That's what we do like. So moving on you've chosen your five books and I know we were just talking about how it's so easy to go on and on about books you love and yeah we could definitely talk about books for hours but we'll try and keep this synced so the listeners stay engaged so book number one you've chosen the book that makes you cry yes which is flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes I think this book is just so brilliant and so so sad uh I I, yeah I think it's brilliant it's it's a relatively short science fiction novel um 
I won't go into too much to, of the plots because I could go on for ages. Um, but it's basically it's written in a series of diary entries by Charlie Gordon, who is a cleaner in a bakery with an IQ of 68. And he takes part in an experiment um, that turns into a genius after the successful experiments on the lab mouse Algernon. The surgery is successful, but we, as we see Charlie become beyond brilliant, he develops a photographic memory, he learns 10 languages, but obviously intelligence comes with a price and he realises that his former friends actually mocked him. And as he becomes more intelligent, he becomes increasingly isolated as no one can keep up with his intellect or his aloofness that has become to the product of his, his intelligence. Um, I won't I won't talk about the ending because I don't want to spoil it in case anyone listening hasn't read it because I think it's such a wonderful reading experience I wouldn't want to take that from anyone and I just I highly recommend people read this um, for me I think this book just covers so many themes that are really important today I mean it has mental disabilities and how we treat those who are different to us it's about human nature, it's about intelligence, love, death, fate. And I think it captures our insecurities and our fears really perfectly. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I think... I mean, yeah, I, I, as listeners can hear, I've just been like mesmerised hearing you talk. It sounds really interesting, but the book that makes you cry, I mean, it's coming like, oh, there are so many books it, that I'm like, I want to read that. And someone's like, oh, that'll make you cry. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait. I, I mean, I've read this multiple times and each time I still cry I know how it's going to end and I know it's just it I think it really shocks you I mean for me I think Daniel Keyes does a really good job of, play, of placing the reader into Charlie's head mm. as he goes through the experiment and how his intelligence you know increases and then slowly decreases I mean I'm a sucker for an underdog. I really am. And I just felt like I wanted to just wrap Charlie up in a blanket and just to protect him from sort of the, the harshness of the world. I think also Charlie might be one of my favourite characters because I think he, I think he represents sort of our rise and fall and our insecurities. And it's also, it's such a stark reminder of how truly awful humans can be to one another and for me I just everyone should be nice everyone should be a lot nicer um I agree yeah and I think also what I love about the book I like books that aren't sort of just just traditionally written where you know it with the effects of the experiment we see Charlie's grammar and punctuation change as his intelligence increases Mm. and we also then see it sort of regress and I think it, it breaks my heart because he as his intelligence starts to fade he says please please don't let me forget to read and write mm. and I think yeah yeah and it got to me because you know he had everything he had a brilliant mind and it was taken away from him and uh, I mean, it's difficult to verbalise why his regression is so heartbreaking. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I for just... me... Mm. Nope, nope, yeah, you continue. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was just listening to you talk about it and I was thinking someone should make this into a film, but I've just looked it up and there is a film, so... Is there? 
bizarrely, the film is called Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-Y, made in the 60s, because obviously this is quite an old book. And apparently the person who played um, the main character won the Academy Award for Best Actor. So maybe I should watch this. That is news to me. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to give that a watch. It's really uncommon that a film and a book don't share the same name. Yeah, that is uncommon. I, I, I wonder why that is. I mean, I don't know. Well, well, that's you know, if if listeners, yeah. if you know the answer, please write in. Tell tell me the answer. <laughs> it's info at gmail.com. I'd love to hear the answer. So moving <laughs> on from that very uh upsetting uh yes. commentary on society. The second book you've chosen is your all-time favorite book. So please tell us which yes. book you've chosen and why. This is House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielski. Right. I've never heard of him, so brief okay right brief intro so i'm gonna have to be very brief with this because this book it i could go on for days about this and the book itself is so difficult to provide a brief synopsis for it i mean i i don't even have the words for how much i love this book i think it's perfect it's a horror story it's a family drama it's supernatural it's a love story I mean, it has a serious online cult following and I'm definitely, definitely in that cult. Um, I mean, it's the book itself is written in multiple parts from multiple perspectives with footnotes, appendixes. You have to, Ooh, okay. the, re- the reading experience of House of Leaves is so unique. It's so House of Leaves is a book about house. This ha- a family moves into a house on Ash Tree Lane which has unexpected characteristics. Mm -hmm. It's larger on the inside than it is on the outside. And it's very, yeah, like a TARDIS, but there's more madness in this, you know, in this labyrinth that you see that appears. So it's like, Um, I'm imagining like a cross between The Shining and a TARDIS. Yes, that's I think a good way of um, explaining it because it is it's just it's pure madness. I think um, so. The house itself turns into this sort of multi-dimensional, dimensional, endless labyrinth. Has this looming threat, and you can hear growls and echoes, and it's a really chilling book. And I mean, I mean, it's bizarre. It's, you know, it's, there's so much multi sort of layered to it. It's a thriller. It has elements of mythology. It's got mental health and just everything. And it, it, it challenges you to not only hold this, it's huge. I think it's over 800, maybe 900 pages. Mm. And it's a challenge in itself to hold it. And that's a challenging book. It's, yeah, it's very chunky. I mean, you could use it as a doorstop. It is very it's big um I mean yeah it challenges you because you have to read it there's parts of the text which are upside down it's back to front and it's the words sort of shoot vertically or diagonally sort of up and down the page and it really challenges your idea of what a novel is and how a novel should be presented I mean in some cases you need a mirror to read certain parts of the book and, oh, really? you, and you have to, yeah you have to take notes and you have to make references and you're constantly flicking really the forwards and backwards crazy I see I I love it because I think he so the uh, the author he he's done such a fantastic job of 
actively bring the reader into the maze of the labyrinth. And, you know, you're constantly going back and forth to try and make sense of what's going on. And you almost yourself as the reader descend into a sort of madness like the characters in the book I can't carry going through it's it's brilliant I mean so I think that books are like the ultimate for art form and a, a fantastic tool of expression and in my personal opinion House of Leaves is just the is a complete work of art and I think it's also a great example of what can be d- done with books stylistically mm-hmm. and then we're not limited to just you know linear words on a page and it's just a great reminder of what can be achieved with books I think the whole concept is brilliant and just read it honestly if you ever get the chance I mean you'll need a lot of time set aside to read this but it's it's brilliant 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 interesting all right then well moving on to the third book you've chosen (laughs) you've chosen a book that everyone should read it's a seminal choice Please tell us which book you've chosen and why. Well, I don't even need to hear why. We all know why. But please tell us which yeah. book you've chosen. Obviously, it's The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Yeah. I think she is just such a fantastic storyteller. And this novel is, is a masterpiece of dystopian fiction. I mean, when I read it for the first time, it left me feeling so unsettled and left me with a real sense of dread. And what always sort of stuck with me was that I think Margaret Atwood said that this isn't a work of fiction and it's essentially reports of these atrocities happening across the world. I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's a feminist nightmare, but I think it's just such a horrific portrait of a future that seems far too reminiscent of aspects of our own society and current events I mean when it when it first came out it was you know it was crazy like no this will never happen but we are seeing certain elements of the handmaid's tale mm-hmm. come to fruition I mean I know that you know George Orwell's 1984 is often referred to as a, an insightful look you know on modern society but that world never materialized in full mm-hmm. and it, it likely never will but I think with The Handmaid's Tale, as outrageous as it seems, it is a reality. Mm. Um, the, I think the world has never been closer to Gilead than as oh, it is God. now. As a woman, it's absolutely terrifying, isn't it? But I completely agree with you. But I was one of those, I hesitate to use the word basic bitch, but <laughs> I was one of those people that had never really heard of Ma- Margaret Atwood until The Handmaid's Tale, the series came out. Oh, yeah. And then obviously I was like, oh, this is such a great series. Oh, it's based on a book. And then I went back and read that and read some more of her work. And other people on this podcast have recommended other books that she's written. But she's just she's wise beyond her years. I think she's brilliant. I don't know if you saw recently. Like you read. Oh, no, she's she's so cool. She's so cool. She uh, recently burned an unburnable copy of The Handmaid's Tale in protest of uh, I think Roe v Wade being overturned God. she's just she's a cool lady she's better. so cool I want her to be my grandma that'd be great <laughs> I, I think she has got grandchildren I'm so jealous I would love her imagine stories you'd be told you know so when you're yeah. being put to bed yeah I mean no offense to my grandma but I don't think she listens to this so it's fine no <laughs> 
So moving on to the fourth book you've chosen, the book that makes you happy. So let's hope we can have a positive upturn on this. Sort of. Um, so <laughs> I, the book that makes me happy is The Second Coming by John Niven. Um, it's one of my absolute favourite books. It's not a more literary masterpiece, but it's a good book. It's funny. Um, I mean, this book will absolutely offend Christians. Um, the book starts with God returning from a week's fishing trip. Fishing trip. What returning is to that? It is so obviously you know in heaven time works differently. He mm. left in the 17th century, uh, thinking everything was great. You know the world was on the right track. Yes, everything was fine. Yeah, and yeah, so he returns in 2011, and he's shocked at the state of the world when he learns you know the slave trade, the Holocaust, genocide, pollution, famine. Mm. and he decides to send Jesus back to earth to try and fix our ways okay yeah and it's it's so funny I mean the book starts with Jesus smoking a joint with Jimi Hendrix in heaven it's (laughs) it it does take a lot of religious yeah it takes a lot of religious liberties but I think that the message at the book's core is just Mm to be nice that's all you have to be is just to be a nice person to others yeah. I mean I think he John Niven he's a really funny writer he um like there's one scene in the book where God is having dinner with the devil in hell and there are some very well-known characters from history who are populating hell um, for example, Hitler is working as a waiter in a Jewish-owned restaurant. No um, it, it, it's funny. He does take some liberties, and it's look, it's not for everyone. Mm, and I'm yeah. sure that religious folk would be quite offended. Um, but you know, it's it doesn't question religious belief, but more mm. so, I think the dogma of religion and how we've kind of got to this point in society. Mm. Um, I mean, it? I've read. Oh my God, I really feel like I should read this now. I've, I, it's such it's an interesting concept, but I've never heard of it. And I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine who um, has Christian faith, and we were talking about religion. And I said, "Well, you know, I don't know everything. I don't believe. I don't have any faith. But who's to say I'm right? Who's to say you're right? Who's to say it isn't a different?" Um, faith squad so interesting absolutely absolutely and I quite like that you know I'm I'm not going to question anyone's beliefs and you know but I do think the way we treat each other should be questioned and I'm noticing kind of a theme with my choices of you, you know it how often that happens yeah I'm, I'm noticing a theme now where I think I, I like books where the sort of the overall message is to be a nicer person I guess yeah um, they yeah. I'm noticing a theme obviously I haven't read a lot of these books but I'm noticing your theme is more questioning the universe and our place in it and things like that yeah I see I like that I do like questioning the universe and you know why we're here I think it is such I think it is the big question that's still unanswered and I think that with writers getting to write about these big questions I think it's just such a fantastic way of looking at the world um 
yeah and also with the second coming I, I just want to say I haven't read many funny books or books that genuinely make me laugh mm. and the humor it's quite dry and it pokes fun at our society and I just think it yeah it's, it's brilliant go go read it if you get the chance well what an excellent choice so moving on to the last book you've chosen the best non-fiction book please tell us what it is in cold blood by truman capote uh this book is just an absolute masterpiece of true crime literature um have, have you read it i haven't read it but i have heard it described as like the og true crime podcast but in book form essentially yeah i mean it it, in the beginning, it kind of reads like a sort of a classic horror novel, kind of like one of Shirley Jackson's books. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, it's very much like a sort of, yeah, the OG true crime podcast. It, um, so it's an account of the horrific crimes and the investigation and trial related to the 1959 murders of the Clutter family in Kansas. And what I, I kind of love the, the backstory to this book as well when um the when the family was murdered um truman capote went on a road trip with harper lee to go and investigate this story you mean harper lee of to kill a mockingbird fame yes yes he was a childhood friend oh and get, can you imagine being a child it's friend? so cool oh my god i love it i love it um yes they go on this road trip and they they go to kansas and they start investigating and they take I think it's something like they have 6,000, um, 8,000 notes on the um, on the trial and the crime. And it's, it's so fantastic. I mean, he paints such an amazing picture of, you know, sort of what small town life is like in America in the 50s and, you know, how criminals are essentially born you know you know how society influences people and it's I think what one aspect of this novel well not novel sorry this work that I really like is that the murderers are they're humanized you know I think so many times we look at crimes committed by people you know they're monsters but they're not monsters they're human we are people are capable of committing these but all the same, you know, I think I heard something recently, everyone's a murderer inside until that moment is presented. Yeah, I was watching, um, if you've heard of it, Inside Man on BBC, and it features the, yes. the god Stanley Tucci, and his character, oh, his character says, everyone's, a, everyone's not a murderer until they meet the right person. Yes, exactly. And I think that's such an interesting thing. It's um God, now I feel like I should go and read it. Oh, I still I'm still reeling from the fact that Truman Capote and Harper Lee were childhood friends. Like that's outrageous. I know, I know. I can't believe it. I mean, imagine being in that car, sort of traveling across America and then investigating together. I mean, I, I think someone should write a book on the writing of In Cold Blood. Yeah, write a book about that car journey. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about that car journey. Right, if anyone's listening and they want to collaborate on that, mm-hmm. then yep. <laughs> Um, so now we've got to the end of your five choices. If you had to pick one all-time favourite, which one would you go for? That's really difficult. It's like picking up a favourite child or something. Um, I mean, you don't have children, so... (laughs) My favourite dog. Um, 
think I'm gonna have to go with House of Leaves because it's just mm. so unique. It's it, it's I cannot stress to you how interesting this book is. It's so bizarre. I've never read anything like it. I've never seen a book presented in this way. And like I said earlier, I think it's such a great reminder of what can be done with with writing books mm. and that it is an art form that can be expressed in in different ways. Um, and I, for me, it's just got all my favourites of themes in it as well. But I love mythology mm. and a big part of House of Leaves is the labyrinth. Oh, and okay. yeah, it's it's really interesting. Mm. And I've sort of tried to find books similar to it. I recently read um, Pale Fire by Vladimir Nabokov, mm -hmm. which is the only kind of similar thing in, sense, in the sense that there's a book inside of a book, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of idea. And like, yeah, I think it, no one can sort of no one live up to, to that it. standard. Yeah. No, and it's it's one of those books where I, I can't imagine how there'll ever be sort of a, a movie or tv adaptation because it's so the world mm. inside of it is so it's so complex and I quite like that as well that it won't be turned into a movie or a tv series I sometimes wonder that with uh, long-term listeners will know I'm trying to write my own piece of work and unless you set it in kind of society the here and now world building can actually be really difficult I mean how mm. how fancy authors I'm talking you know Tolkien, George R. R. Martin, J.K. Rowling, how they built their worlds from scratch. It's crazy. I have no idea. I, I love it. I love fantasy writers because I respect them so much for their world building, um, especially like George R. R. Martin and, and Tolkien because it's so complicated. Or even like the names, you know, you come up with languages yeah. and it's so, it's so interesting. But I think it is kind of similar to our, our own world in the sense that you know it's set in one place you know you can see the characters you know dragons are familiar to us all you know it's a this type of thing that's true but everyone knows if it's if it's a big lizard with a tail and it spouts fire it's a dragon exactly exactly but I think with House of Leaves it's so complicated and also I think to replicate the feelings inside that book as well it's you'd have to have a very good actor to pull that off. So interesting. Okay, well, on to the four quickfire questions now. Question number one, fiction or non-fiction? Fiction. That's, that's usually the choice, I've got to say. Question number two, what's your favourite place to read? Um, probably in my bedroom, candles lit, maybe some music. I just wow. like to, you know relax okay. I like the you know sort of autumnal reading that kind of vibe you know maybe there's rain outside that kind of thing nice nice bit of pathetic fallacy going on there yeah definitely really using my media studies GCSE <laughs> the next question I actually should have changed if I'd been thinking about it because it's what's your favorite independent bookshop but I think we know the answer well, that. Denny's books and Thames Edition. <laughs> obviously a great great choice and the final question what is the book you are most looking forward to reading next? Oh, gosh. Um, 
I'm really looking forward to reading Grady Hendrix, uh, his new book. He wrote My Best Friend's Exorcism, if you've heard of it. I haven't. Which Tell is more about it. So My Best Friend's Exorcism. I brought this book purely based on the cover. I thought it was really cool. It looks very sort of 80s, you know, that traditional horror, um, kind of looks like a VHS tape. And he, he writes horror books and he's just written a new book called um, the, the Final Girl, which is kind of based on like the tropes in, that you see in horror films where everyone's died and this is this one final girl who gets to just, like go up against the, the killer or the monster. Okay. Um, his, his books are really good reading, especially at the moment we're in spooky season, love October. Um, yeah so that's sort of my next big thing that I'm going for yeah I really recommend his books um, look excellent. at Grady Hendrix everyone excellent great choice so if listeners have enjoyed hearing from you where can they find you on social media you can follow Denny's bookstore on Twitter um, we're on TikTok Facebook everything so yeah give us a follow excellent well it's been a pleasure speaking to Bear's best friend yeah, no, thank you for having me, Phoebe. This has been really exciting. Thank you. You're very welcome.